This world has a beginning, and this world has a soon-coming end. The terrible global judgment of God, known as the Great Tribulation Period, appears to be on the short horizon, which leads up to the very terrible and world-ending, as we know it, Battle of Armageddon. Concerning these events, Jesus states in Luke 21:36, "Watch ye therefore and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man." Dark clouds are forming quickly, and only the born again will escape the impending doom. Have you been born again as Jesus commands in John 3:3? 3, 3? "Verily, verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Are you concerned about where you and your loved ones will spend eternity? Are you ready to be saved from your sin and shame and to receive the power to live a glorious life? You can surely do it now. Click on the Further with Jesus for childlike instructions and immediate entry into the kingdom of God. You needn't fear the coming judgment any longer. Do it now. We'll wait for you here. Now for today's subject. God said, Genesis 1, 14, And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven, to divide the day from the night, and let, it th- and let them be for signs, and for seasons, and for days and years. God said, Luke 21, 25 through 28, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the power of the heavens shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. God said, Joel 3:13 and 14, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is right. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes, in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. God said, Joel 2, verse 30 and 31, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. God said, Revelation 6, verse 12, And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Man said, These doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now the record. Jesus teaches that the exact time of his coming to receive his church in the clouds and the soon-to-follow battle of Armageddon is not known to man, nor angels, nor even himself, but known to the Father only. Yet we are given specific signs and are instructed to watch. Mark 13.37 And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. God said, man said, in its 21 signs of doomsday series, has cataloged a host of last day signs that are flashing red. At the end of this feature, click on to the supplied link and the entire series will appear for your perusal. The CBS headline 
on April 4, 2014 reads, Blood Moon, Lunar Eclipse Visible April 14 and 15, beginning rare series of total eclipses. A few excerpts follow. The eclipse is a rare celestial phenomenon easily observed with the naked eye, and as such, it can be quite moving. Biblical prophecies talk of the sky turning dark, usually a solar eclipse, or the moon turning to blood, usually a lunar eclipse. The red color is created when sunlight is filtered around the Earth's atmosphere and hits the moon. In the next few years, a series of eclipses every two years may be interpreted by some Christians as fulfillment of an end-time prophecy, a phenomenon called a lunar tetrarch, where there are four successive total lunar eclipses with no partial eclipse in between. The next are October 8th of 2014 and April 4th and September 28th of next year. Tetrards are not unusual. There will have been eight of them in this century. But author John Hagee finds deeper meaning. In his book listing for Four Blood Moons on Amazon.com, he writes, It is rare that scripture, science, and history align with each other. Yet the last three series of Four Blood Moons have done exactly that. End of quote. The April 3, 2014 headline of USA Today reads, Blood Moon Eclipse on April 15 is a special event. A few paragraphs follow. Skywatchers are getting ready for an evening of special viewing when a total lunar eclipse arrives just after midnight on April 15. What's more, this begins a rare sequence of four total lunar eclipses expected over the next two years. Some Christians see this series of so-called blood moons as linked to a biblical prophecy of the end times. A lunar eclipse occurs when the sun, earth, and moon line up so that the earth's shadow falls on the moon, darkening it. The one on April 15 will begin at 1.20 a.m. on the East Coast, according to Sky and Telescope magazine. As it begins, the earth's shadow will make a slow crawl across the moon's face, appearing as if there is an increasingly large bite taken out of the moon, said Deborah Bird with EarthSky.org on Online Science Magazine. At, four, at first, the full moon will appear to be a little darker than normal, but eventually people will notice a much darker arc moving across the moon with a distinct rusty reddish-brown color, said astronomer Gerald McKeegan at the Shabbat Space and Science Center in Oakland, California. A book out last year, Four Blood Moons, Something is About to Change, suggests that the event could be a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. In it, John Hagee writes that the red disk of the moon during the full eclipses are referred to in the book of Joel, chapter 231. The sun will be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. The other three eclipses of this lunar tetrarch are October 8th of this year, and then April 8th and September 28th of 2015, end of quote. April 8, 2014, The Independent had a feature written by James Vincent concerning Hagee and his book. The main culprit in all this is American pastor and author John Hagee, whose 2013 book, Four Blood Moons, Something is About to Change, seems to have popularized the notion that four successive blood moons is an event of some significance. Every time this has happened in the past 500 years, 
It has coincided with tragedy for the Jewish people, followed by triumph, Hagee told the Daily Express. And once again for Israel, the timing of this tetrarch is remarkable. Hagee goes on to say that each of the next four total lunar eclipses will coincide with Passover, 15 April 2014, and 4 April in 2015, and Sukkoth, or the Feast of the Tabernacle, on 8 October in 14 and 28 September in 2015. This isn't even the first tetrarch of this century, that was in 2003 to 2004, and including this one. There will be seven more before the year 2100. And although it is certainly rare for all four eclipses to coincide with Passover and Sukkah, this has happened eight times since 162 A.D. This is still frequently enough to make any concurrent events of historical significance nothing more than coincidence. End of quote. Coincidence, Mr. Vincent? We shall see. Several paragraphs from John Hagee's 257-page book, Four Blood Moons, Something is About to Change, follow. The first paragraph refers to the four blood moons that occur in 2014 and 2015. There will be a fourth series of four blood moons in the near future. NASA has stated that this will be the last appearance of a tetrarch in this century. What historical event will take place during their occurrences that is significant to Israel and the Jewish people? Most importantly, what is God saying to mankind? The next time the four blood moons begin to appear will be in April of 2014. NASA has predicted that the Tetrarch will begin in April 2014 and end in September 2015. It will occur in the following sequence. 1. Passover, April 15, 2014. 2. Feast of Tabernacles, October 8, 2014. 3. Passover, April 4, 2015. 4. Feast of Tabernacles, September 28, 2015. After the appearance of the second blood moon and before the third blood moon, there will be a total solar eclipse on March 20, 2015. What is the prophetic significance of these four blood moons? It is very rare that scripture, science, and historical events align with one another, yet the last three four blood moon series, or tetrards, have done exactly that. Remember, several tetrards have occurred in the past 500 years. Only three have corresponded to the Jewish feast, as well as being linked to historical events significant to Israel. Seven more tetrards will take place in the 21st century. However, only one of these seven, the tetrard of 2014 and 2015, will align itself with the Feast of the Lord. What were the common denominators of four blood moons in 1492, 1949, and 1967? They all centered on significant events related to Israel and the Jewish people, and they occurred on the Feast of the Lord. But what about the future? The Jewish people are still the apple of God's eye. They are cherished and chosen of God, and they are still the people of covenant, a covenant God has pledged to keep forever. Therefore, we can rightly conclude that the next series of four blood moons of 2014 and 2015 will also hold significance for Israel and the Jewish people. Each of the previous series of four blood moons began with a trail of tears and ended with triumph for the Jewish people 
End of quote. Mr. Hagee continues concerning the Jewish Shemitah year, which occurs every seven years, with the last occurring in 2008. Leviticus 25, 2-4, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye come into the land which I give you, then shall the land keep a Sabbath unto the Lord. Six years thou shalt sow thy field, and six years thou shalt prune thy vineyard, and gather in the fruit thereof. But in the seventh year shall be a Sabbath of rest unto the land, a Sabbath for the Lord. Thou shalt neither sow thy field, nor prune thy vineyard. Hagee writes, Add seven years to 2008, and you have the year 2015, in which you also find the last two four blood moons of 2014 and 15. Remember, God does everything at a set time. We know that only three tetrarchs have occurred in the last 500 years that are significant to Israel and also fall on Jewish feasts. We also know that these are the only tetrarchs that have had a total solar eclipse somewhere within the series. The coming Tetrarch in 2014 and 15 will also contain a total solar eclipse within its series. But what is different between the previous three Tetrarchs significant to Israel and to the coming Tetrarch? Unlike the others, this series of four blood moons contains a Shemitah year beginning September 25, 2014 and concluding on September 13, 2015. Astonishingly, this Shemitah year will begin on the first day of the Jewish New Year, Feast of Trumpets, of 2014, and conclude on the following celebration of the Jewish New Year, Feast of Trumpets, in 2015. Follow this phenomenon. The occurrence of a lunar eclipse is common. The occurrence of a total lunar eclipse is less common. The occurrence of a tetrard, or four consecutive blood moons, total lunar eclipses, is rare. The occurrence of a tetrard, with a total solar, solar eclipse within its series, is very rare. A tetrard with a total solar eclipse that is significant to Israel's history in the Jewish feast is very, very rare. The occurrence of a tetrard with a solar total solar eclipse historically significant to Israel, and Jewish feast that includes a Shemitah year within its series is very, very, very rare. But a Tetrarch, with a total solar eclipse, historically significant to Israel and falling on the Jewish feast days with a Shemitah year that corresponds with the Feast of Trumpets, the Jewish New Year within its series, is astronomically rare. These occurrences are not coincidental. This is the hand of God orchestrating the signs in the heavens. The final four blood moons are signaling that something big is coming, something that will change the world forever. But the bigger question is, are we watching and listening? End of quotes. If the saints are reading the scriptures correctly concerning the parable of the budding of the fig tree, the time of the end draws nigh. The following paragraphs are from 21 Signs of Doomsday, Part 1. Over 500 years before the arrival of Jesus Christ, God prophesied by Jeremiah in chapter 24 concerning two baskets of figs. The Lord showed me, and behold, two baskets of figs were set before the temple of the Lord, 
after that Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon had carried away captive Jeconiah the son of Jehoiakim king of Judah, and the princes of Judah, and the carpenters and smiths from Jerusalem, and had brought them to Babylon. One basket had a very had very good figs, even like the figs that are first ripe, and the other basket had very naughty figs, which could not be eaten, they were so bad. Then said the Lord unto me, What seest thou, Jeremiah? And I said, Figs, the good figs very good, and the evil very evil, that cannot be eaten, they are so evil. Again the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Like these good figs, so will I acknowledge them that are carried away captive of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans for their good. For I will set mine eyes upon them for good, and I will bring them again to this land, and I will build them and not pull them down, and I will plant them and not pluck them up. And I will give them an heart to know me, that I am the Lord, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God, for they shall return unto me with their whole heart. And as the evil figs, which cannot be eaten, they are so evil, surely thus saith the Lord, so will I give Zedekiah the king of Judah and his princes, and the residue of Jerusalem that remain in this land, and them that dwell in the land of Egypt, and I will deliver them to be removed into all the kingdoms of the earth for their hurt, to be a reproach and a proverb, a taunt and a curse, in all places whether I shall drive them. And I will send the sword, the famine, and the pestilence among them, till they be consumed from off the land that I gave unto them and to their fathers. Jeremiah was a prophet who proclaimed God's judgment against the rebellious Israelites. He was there when the Babylonian troops laid siege to Jerusalem and destroyed the Israelite armies. For nearly two and a half millennia, with the exception of a handful of years, Israel ceased to exist as an autonomous nation. In 70 AD, they rebelled against their Roman masters and were totally decimated. Jerusalem and the temple were destroyed, and their people scattered to the four corners of the earth, where they remained until the 1900s. Just after the many horrors of World War II, the United Nations declared Israel to be an official state. To be precise, it was May 14, 1948. After thousands of years, Israel was restored to the world's modern geographical lexicon, again as a place on the world's map, a new budding nation. Keep in mind the new budding nation and the good figs that God said would return to their homeland Israel, as you read what Jesus said in Matthew twenty-four thirty-two through 34 Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise ye, when ye shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass, till all these things be fulfilled. Jesus said, learn a parable of the fig tree. A parable, by definition, contains a hidden parallel message. Much of Christianity, even as it was commonly thought in the early church, sees the parable of the fig tree as Christ's referral to the Jeremiah prophecy. Israel, represented in Jeremiah as the figs, correlates well with the parable of the fig tree. Jesus said in Mark thirteen twenty-eight through 30, Now learn a parable of the fig tree, when her branch is yet tender, and putteth forth leaves. Ye know that summer is near. So ye in like manner, when ye shall see these things come to pass, know that it is nigh, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass, till all these things be done.
The fig tree is putting forth leaves, and the figs are returning to Israel in droves to participate in the battle of all time, the battle of Armageddon. In the Lord's parable of the fig tree, he makes this telling statement in Matthew twenty-four thirty-four: Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. This generation shall not pass. If our assessment of the fig tree in the 1948 emergence of Israel as a nation is correct, then the generation that saw 1948 will not pass until all that Jesus declared in the cited passages is fulfilled. Using the Bible lifespan of 70 years, as stated in Psalms 90, verse 10, simple addition of 70 years to 1948 yields an outside date of 2018. Keep in mind that Jesus did not say all would be fulfilled when the generation that saw the budding of the fig tree came to an end, but the generation would not pass until all was fulfilled. It could also mean the lifespan of that generation shall not pass until all is fulfilled. Nevertheless, the fig tree has budded. End of quote. It's time for us to prepare to meet our God. God said, Genesis 1:14, and God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of heaven to divide the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons, and for days and years. God said, Luke 21, 25 through 28, And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars, and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. God said, Joel three thirteen and 14, Put ye in the sickle, for the harvest is ripe. Come, get you down, for the press is full, the vats overflow, for their wickedness is great. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision, for the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. God said, Joel 2, 30 and 31, And I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. God said, Revelation chapter 6, verse 12, And I behold, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. Man said, These doomsday prophets make me laugh. There is no end to this world, and certainly no judgment day. Now you have the record.